0: I'm Ryan,
1: and I'm Steve, and you're listening, watching, playing along with 60 Cycle Hum—the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, also playing
0: podcast. Sometimes it went smooth and sexy with this intro. Yeah, I didn't like it. The smoldering. Eww. Hey. Uh, hey. <laughs> well, that's not sexy, Steve. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of that Forrest Gump gift that people <laughs> use all the time. Just awful. Uh, anything new, Steve? What's up? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. It's been a full week, and here we are wearing the same clothes again. It's been one week. Well, you put on a sweater. I did. I got cold, man. I, I, changed, cold. I changed hats. You did change <laughs> hats. Steve is playing the whole different episode, different wardrobe game. We're recording at yeah. my house. I could go upstairs and completely change everything. Yeah. I could go upstairs and shave my beard if I wanted to. <laughs> nope. I'm still here in the same Hawaiian shirt as last week. <laughs> no big deal. Whatever. So nothing new? Nah. I just wanted to recap. anything new? I just wanted to. Re- I'm about to tell you. I just wanted to recap like all the demos I've been doing since Nam. It's been ridiculous. Okay. I'm Let's do it. S- like crazy schedule. 30, 30 second pitch. Go. I did the Rev G4. I did. Why I don't the, they call us the red G4? Because <laughs> the brand is Rev. I did the Fuzz Rocious 420. <laughs> I did the Fuzz Rocious Knob John. They're going to come up with a,
1: another pedal called the 520, or not the, the 425, and it's going to be Taco Bell
0: colors. I did the, uh, the Anna Sounds Element. That one's a lot of fun. It's got a spring with Le Bon. I did again the walrus monument i already had done it once before they had me do it again because they put it in a smaller box with some upgrades uh one of the upgrades i didn't mention in the demo is that they changed the switch style on them so uh, my barefoot buttons can fit on there now because it has oh because r- these were the rounded yeah soft touch the barefoot buttons don't fit on those well i think this
1: switch design is relatively new at least as compared yeah. to those
0: but I'm, I'm super stoked for that smaller design, and then publishing today, same day as this episode, unless they change the scheduling. Uh, the solid gold effects Athena, which is like a phaser. Cool, yeah.
1: I'll is it that simple? Is
0: that like the simplified version of the uh, Apollo? Apollo. It's it's like they're sisters. That's the joke on the name. Is is that they're well, sisters?
1: Apollo is a dude, but sure.
0: Or that they're related or something. Like right. That. There's some sort of there's some sort of you know like a Nerd. Greek god like relation <laughs> joke happening there with the they're naming. They're probably siblings Athena is the sister of they're Apollo. They're probably siblings and cousins. Athena is the sister or and her cousin. Sibling cousins. Of Apollo. <laughs> There's somehow also an uncle. They're smooching they're they're kissing
1: cousins. They're kissing sisters. <laughs> what one's a boy. They're kissing siblings. They're kissing siblings.
0: That's why who
1: even knows? But
0: this is it's 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 a phaser, but it's not like the Apollo, but it's a phaser like the Apollo. Does that make sense? Watch the demo. At the Apollo? But at, it's just been crazy. Like, Apollo? And there's more stuff coming in. Like just today, w- the day recording this episode, because obviously it's not the future, yeah. I cleared four more pedals coming in oh, for yeah. demo. Yeah. Ridiculous. I'm excited about those. Yeah, they're going to be fun. Very cool. So that's been what's new with me. I've just been working my butt off. Doing all these demos, living demo life every day of my life for the de- rest of my de- life. Demo life. Mm-hmm. Now I'm drinking a, chick- a cherry cola. Well, it's not a cola; it's a cherry seven up. But you know, that I wanted—I ba- wanted to I, drop that reference. That
1: group was so disappointing because that first single was so cool, such a banger, and they didn't. Everyone not loves do that song. They basically followed up their next song with a Titanic
0: theme. You know, I was thinking the other day, everyone talks about how, I know it's not the same band, how the Verve was going to be like the future of rock and roll. But then like they just got creamed by I wish, lawsuits. I wish the Verve pipe was the future of rock and roll, man. I can't, I can't remember any of their other songs and I've never listened to that album and I'm wondering if I should. Uh, the Verve album? Yeah.
1: Uh, they had a follow-up single called Sonnet that was pretty good. Okay. Um, But if
0: everyone was claiming they were the future of rock and roll, I never listened to the full album. Maybe there's some good stuff on there.
1: I mean, if they were the future of rock and roll,
0: it was. I don't know. Okay, so maybe that was just a headline on Rolling Stone magazine and didn't actually have any. When did that song come out? Like 1997? Something like that. So even if it wasn't even if Bittersweet Symphony wasn't like
1: just a, the entire song was a, being a sample of like a Rolling Stones is it was it a Rolling Stones song or a Rolling Stones like B-side or something so here's what it
0: was okay i hate that i know this it was a sample of a like a classical music cover album of the Stones album that was licensed to the Stones because it was like the same producer or something like that. So this is the producer who produced the Stones album had this whole deal where he would go and <laughs> under the same like legal agreements and licensing, uh do all these like classical, like instrumental covers of pop albums and right. rock albums. And so legally it's a Stones album, but the Stones never touched – the orchestration, but it's for a st- it. so it's a Stone song though, right?
1: It's just it's okay. So I so I I think I understand. It's like you know whenever, sure,
0: sure, yeah, yeah. So it's Excuse not me. like it's not like they sampled Keith Richards playing a part. They sampled orchestration of a Keith Richards part,
1: right? But it's like. If I sampled Real Big Fish's Take On Me, AHA is still going to sue me for it. Right. Assuming that Real Big Fish, like, their version of it is actually owned by AHA. Right. Since AHA owns the song. Right. Because AHA produced it. Yeah. (laughs) So, ultimately, I'm still, like, regardless of what version of Take On Me I'm stealing, I'm still stealing... From AHA.
0: It's like if Thomas Dolby put out a country lap steel version of Blinded Me with Science, mm-hmm. which he licensed did. to his own name, mm-hmm. and then someone sampled that. Right. It's like if <laughs> there's like a million so, different okay, so, ways we could present this. So, my this. whole
1: point is. I don't know how the Verve could be the future frock rock and roll when all they really were were like a more radio friendly late, like I would say the Verve, at least what I heard of the Verve. Hot take. Here it comes. A is, timely hot take. The Verve is like what Bush is to grunge music is what Verve is to Oasis. Sure. Like, how can you be the future but maybe, of a genre that's already being dominated by
0: somebody who sounds exactly like you? But maybe if they hadn't gotten so wrapped up in all this legal stuff, we'd be saying that about, like, Oasis being the verve but oasis birth. was already huge i don't know i don't know man i was a kid when all that stuff was going on. i was a very young teenager and back then you only had the information that vh1 and rolling stone and mpv yeah. would give you all i know about it is it's a bittersweet symphony in this life <laughs> i mean it's a great song it's a fun song all this because i mentioned chicka cherry cola which is not the verb <laughs> which is not the verb at all uh, which is <laughs> savage garden
1: Should we get into the first ad? Yes, Uh, this first ad was sent in by Rick Swan.
0: This one, I mean, it's not. It's it's a little chilly in here. This is, but it's not October. It's springtime. This is a this is spooky spring. Ooh, this is built by our own electronics
1: expert who has over ten years building electronics for his career. That's not a lot, dude. Um, I feel like you you don't need that much to build this. Once the box is paid uh, for, we will then order the parts, assemble, and ship. This thing isn't even built. (laughs) This is speculative. Shipping is normally within two or three weeks. You don't even know what this is yet. But please allow up to four weeks as life does does happen as we work full-time jobs. (laughs) We do not do this to get rich. We make very little from these boxes. That's a lie. (coughs) We... Got in this business because we wanted to bring good equipment to people for reasonable prices so they wouldn't get ripped off, as we also did when we first started out. We use all name brand parts and make sure to do rigorous testing before sipping. <laughs> we always ship USPS first class with free shipping coverage. That's not even that fast. Uh, we have various light colors to choose from. Please let us know when you pay with a note to seller what color you would like. We will choose one at random pink, red. Orange, yellow, yellow, green, blue, UV, warm, white. What we are talking about here, folks, is a portal slash Wonderbox ghost hunting
0: equipment. It's $325. Buy it now. They've sold 16 of these on eBay. There's 10 available. Don't worry. They haven't run out yet. You can still grab these right now for $325. And what kind of components go into a portal slash Wonderbox ghost hunting equipment? Uh, it happens to be a Fender Mini Tone Master Mini Tone Master battery amp, and what looks like two, like Chinese import, single space like thumb thumb size pedals. Yeah, I'm I'm guessing one is uh, an octave and one is a delay. In this scenario, what's your guess? Um, I'm gonna say that
1: one is a baser mm. and the other one. I think delay is good.
0: I bet we could figure it out just by looking at the colors of them and pulling up. Well, the question know, is enough like, Chinese mini boxes yeah, on Amazon. I'm trying to figure out
1: what, um, what brand these are. So I'm looking they to this. Anything. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm looking to see if Donner has these. Oh, it could be Donner has a white tremolo.
0: A tremolo would be good for this. Um, so what those of you listening, the podcast world audio only and i'm gonna
1: and a red donner has a uh
0: white tremolo and a red octave uh, octave there you go i'm going to describe the signal path here you've got a a quarter inch cable going into the first pedal the the tremolo we're assuming Mm -hmm. the white tremolo pedal and then a quarter inch patch cable going into the octave and a quarter-inch cable going into the mini-amp. And both of the mini-pedals are attached to the sides of the mini-amp's head. This is the type of mini-amp that is themed after like a dual showman head sort Yeah, of like thing. a
1: Blonde-era uh, Fender amp. So there's
0: a little bit of a ledge there for the pedals to sit on and be affixed to this. And then there's a giant, like, copper coil cable. Yeah. And there's some
1: crystals in it.
0: Oh, that's what those are, crystals. That makes total sense. Uh, Going from pedal to pedal, attached to who knows what. I have no idea what it's attached to. And then there are six green LED lights uh, attached into the front baffle of the mini amp. And that's literally all this is. They've assembled two pedals. A mini battery amp, three patch cables, some sort of powering system because there's two power plugs going into the pedals, and some crystals and a copper coil. Uh, what do you think the build cost of this is, Steve? Like $80? It's got to be more than $80. Because like, uh-huh. the amps are like 40 Okay, the amp is like 40 You think each of those pedals is also 40 so like one twenty. I think these Chinese mini pedals can range anywhere between like twenty five and sixty dollars. So let's call it an average and call it forty. 40. Uh, so that's one twenty plus. One, two, three cable. I mean those look like decent patch cables. Ain't so no sinusoid.
1: Maybe another twenty there. I so bet one you could
0: forty. I bet you could hear a lot more ghosts with this if you got that tech flex in there from sinusoid. Do you those slivers? But you
1: would you the, this would all be a lot cleaner if they the were slivers. Sliver,
0: those slivers will give you shivers with oh your ghost man. hunting rig. <laughs> Are we in the sponsorship already? Nope. <laughs> um I feel like this is an industry we should get in on because I think we could make a rig so much cleaner than this. Oh, yeah. And probably with better effects. I mean, Trimolo, if we, if and, instead
1: of using these cables,
0: you used solderless cables. Mm, you could clean do like it exact up. fit. Clean it up. That's all I'm saying. Get I, wanna, that.
1: I do want to know how this is all powered. Like, I, I'm kind of interested in like,
0: you know how I would power it? I'd power it with uh, one of those like USB adapter cable things. Ooh. And it would I would glue the USB battery underneath the amp. Well, or, like the, Velcro you have to have some there. way to like you'd have to recharge that every once in a while too, so. Yeah, you just plug in the USB yeah, yeah. battery.
1: Um So, one thing we were talking about earlier, we we're trying to figure out what Should we
0: talk about what these do? <laughs> <laughs> like the the actual like the culture oh, yeah. behind so, these.
1: So there is sorry a, to interrupt you, but I didn't so, want yeah, to hear no, where
0: no. you were going and I wanted to interrupt you. So I'm there, not sorry. So at all. this is a portal
1: slash wonderbox. It's used for ghost hunting. There is an app called um it's there's a bunch of different apps for this, but one of them is called the S C D one. And basically what this app does is it's supposed to like tune in to like the spirit world, or whatever, like something like that,
0: and uh, I, the theory that I got—we watched a short video. Steve read a description. I mean, the theory with all these ghost uh, devices is that if you give ghosts, spirits, paranormal entities, whatever, like a white noise signal to mess with in an electronic device, yeah. then they can send messages messages to you over recordings where you can hear they've manipulated the white noise to give you voices and give you signals and stuff like that. So the app itself is supposed to be a platform for it's basically social media for you to interact with ghosts, uh, a platform for ghosts to choose sound bites and little bits of noise out of the app to generate ways to communicate with you in real time. Because in that app feeds into a speaker like this, apparently It's just what I think the situation is. So people run this app and then they run their phone into a setup like this to hear the app in real time. And of course, you've got to throw in a tremolo and an octopedal because that's how you get those ghosty sounds. Yeah. So the the thing that I
1: don't understand is so this is designed to plug into like an app. Yeah, like this scanning app, right? Yeah. And I said is the real-time radio ghost box really live scanning and not pre-recorded sound. So then it says it's 100% real-time internet radio channels from around the world using shoutcast servers. These stations broadcast 24/7 the SED scans just like a traditional ghost box without the noise uh which is not needed. So so basically there's something in this app like This app is basically a combination of uh, internet radio scanner and like a noise
0: gate. (laughs) Okay, so it's basically asking ghosts. This is so presumptuous to assume that ghosts are going to be on board with this, but then asking ghosts to basically be Bumblebee from Transformers. And be like, now your voice Wait, is new to new Bumblebee or the old Bumblebee? Uh, the old one, the one that
1: learns everything from the radio. R- r- right, right.
0: Samples bits from the radio. Yeah, so that's the whole. Voice. That's the
1: whole thing with this. Is this this? You ask a question, and then the ghost is going to like. I don't know. The ghost is
0: going to use this to. The ghost th- is like, I've been listening to all these radio stations, and i I know which words to select so that I can communicate. With this person who's got an app and this, this pile of guitar parts. (laughs) I hope, I hope someday I'm a ghost. I'm going to track down someone using one of these things and I'm going to make fun of their rig.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Bro, you should be using a fender
0: twin. You need more
1: power.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Why not throw in a ring modulator? (laughs) <laughs> Those aren't sinusoid
1: cables.
0: <laughs> Chase Bliss is extra spooky. <laughs> Drink more Ovaltine? <laughs> no, the whole thing is just like. You know, it, these people say just, they're not trying to rip people off with this pile of parts, but it's like, come on, it, it, people, people who are familiar with this gear know that this is just stuff you can buy for a hundred something bucks. Yeah. And it it took it. It doesn't take it wouldn't take more than an hour with a glue gun to put this together. Right. It's completely, completely dumb. I am going to. I'm gonna challenge our audience to make their own ghost boxes at home and we all put them on eBay I'll put them on eBay who can who can sell one sell for the his. most who can sell a ghost box box for the most I'll give you some sort of prize I'll give you a pedal I will give you a pedal if you can sell a ghost po- a ghost box for ghost more than box. everyone else
1: more than how much how much how much uh how much do you think this is worth Because this one that they've sold, 16 of them are listed for $325. There is a make
0: offer button on this. (laughs) Just think about it. (laughs) I'm not going to tell you which pedal I'll give you, but I will give you a pedal if you can sell a ghost box for the highest price on eBay. It could be this pedal. It could be this pedal. It could be this pedal. I've got it. It could be this pedal. I've got a ghost box ready pedal right here, the D two fifty overdrive. It's a DOD two fifty in a mini enclosure. It it'll probably beat this pedal, because this one's worth like $20. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you're cheap. <laughs> I should figure out something to do with the original monument, though. I should sell it or give it away in a contest or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But I want I want people in our audience, people who like Look at this and go like, yeah, I could put something together like that. Super easy to try and I mean, you're not grifting anyone. People want this stuff, apparently. Yeah, people are using it and they believe it. It works. And it's not might like- as well. I think we need to come to market our community. We need to come to market with ghost boxes that look better, that mm-hmm. sound better, have spookier effects. And just supply a better ghosting ex- experience.
1: People should be making these out of those old little smoky amps because they were
0: translucent. Mm, yeah, like a ghost, like Casper. I okay. Put together a ghost box. What okay. would you do? Think about it while I put together mine right now. I would for sure start with the pig nose. I think pig noses are way spook- spookier looking than the little Fender half stack thing here. Okay. Uh, you can mount stuff inside of it. You can stuff it with extra crystals. It's going to be real big. It's going to be real big, which I think no, is... No, I think that's a bad thing. No, I think it's fun to have like an extra bit of like retro-looking kit in your ghost hunting rig. Okay. Uh, as far as pedals go, uh, I'm not going to go into build or, or model or anything like that. I'm just going to think strictly as far as effects. Um, some kind of shim reverb. Mm-hmm. I, I think... Not tremolo, but maybe – I think I really liked your phaser idea earlier. So shimverb and phaser. Okay. And uh, maybe a ring mod. So that's three effects. That's probably too many. I'm going yeah, to drop the phaser. Only Sorry. Two. Only ring, two. ring mod and shim verb is what I'm going to do. Okay. And then, of course, I'm going to do probably uh, solderless patch cables to get it really tight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And really clean. Um, power source, I'd do some sort of USB rig. Mm. And I'd probably fix up the, uh, the pig nose to be a little bit spooky and thin, like give it like old brass hinges right. or something like right. that. And like, I don't know, like, give it a spooky light or something. I don't know.
1: I really want to use a down electro honey tone, mm. but it's n-
0: kind of round. Yeah. It's harder to mount stuff to it. That's the, that's the benefit of the pig nose is that it's got flat edges. It's got hollow space inside. So you can actually mount stuff inside of it and get a really clean. Yeah. And You think like it's going to be bigger, but then the convenience of it is actually going to make it more compact and more easy to use.
1: True. True.
0: Hmm. I do have Man, that's a really good idea. I do have the Roland Microcube here, which is basically a ghost box all by itself. It's got the effects built oh, in. Yeah. That's true. I just need to put some LED lights in the front and a copper coil with crystals. Now, what kind of crystals would you go for, Steve? Um... Don't say quartz because everyone does quartz. I think quartz uh, is literally the only crystals I know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think uh, I would go with like, I don't know, some green ones. (laughs) (laughs) Green does sound pretty spooky. (laughs) Uh, You got, you got, I want those color change LEDs. I don't want single color LEDs. I want color change LEDs. Yeah,
0: You know, I bet if you set it up so that the, the colors can change then the ghost can affect that, you know, give the ghosts more choices is what I'm saying. And let's stop pigeonholing ghosts and saying like, I only want green led ghosts. I want a ghost to come around and be like, you know what? let my freak flag fly. I'm a purple led ghost. (laughs) (laughs) And Um, I want everyone to know.
1: I'm thinking, uh, effect wise. I want to go with, um, man, I had, I had them earlier. What what were they? Oh, chorus. I'm going to go with chorus. That's a great one. And
0: I'm going to go with. Uh, hmm. It gets weird because you don't want to, like, you want to enhance the voice of the ghost, but you don't want to disrupt it. Yeah. Like, if you were using effects, you could use, like, a slow gear thing to make some really ghostly sounds, but it, it you run the risk of squashing an actual ghost with something like that. I, you know, I think maybe we. We should go practical, like a compressor. Like really compress that I sound. We should
1: just go with like du- dual compressors. Boost that signal. Yeah, boost, boost that signal. Boost it.
0: Boost it.
1: Boost that signal. <laughs> Hashtag boost that ghost signal. Ghost
0: boosters. <laughs> <laughs> that, pretty, that should be a pedal. The ghost boosters. All it is all it is, is a boost. It boosts so hard that like you can hear ghosts. All right. I have heard ghosts through my pedal board before, and they always sound like Mexican radio. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever wish you were in Tijuana eating barbecue iguana? I do kind of wish I could try barbecue iguana, but they don't do that in Tijuana. Where do they do it? it seems like you know um, where you can find iguanas. Do you think there's iguanas in Tijuana? I don't know, man. I've never been there. You got, you got to go to like tropical places for iguana, like the Caribbean. Uh, oh, okay. Costa Rica. Maybe South they import America. them to Tijuana. If they do, I haven't heard anything about it. This, <laughs> this is just a line from a song. I have literally never in my entire life heard of anyone actually eating iguanas. So in you were going to say you've never heard the song. Oh, I've heard That's the song. Like, what? Oh, you mean the song by Wall of Voodoo that I yeah. love very much? I love that song very much. did not we cover that song like way, 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 when? Probably. Yeah. All right. This first uh,
1: sponsor spot this week is Hold Up by chase bliss audio i got the condor again
0: probably should have gotten something else but he i did changed it. his clothes didn't change the pedal on the yeah, desk well you know
1: it happens um chase bliss audio is a great maker of analog effects that are controlled with digital controls
0: they also make the warped vinyl this would be a great ghost Ooh. box right there that'd get Ghosts super probably spooky figure out It gives them so many options to express themselves. If the
1: average guitar player can't figure this pedal out, what makes you think a ghost can?
0: (laughs) Chase Bliss pedals, they're more creative than the ghost that's haunting your house. Anyway, Chase Bliss' theme
1: is digital brain, analog heart, and that's basically put into practice with all of these options, all of these different things, switches you can switch to make lots of crazy different sounds, all great sounds because they're all based on, like,
0: really... Lush analog effect. I'm gonna ask you to do something, Steve. What? Put your hand upon this dip. When I dip, you dip, we dip. Here we go. We're dipping together.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> that was embarrassing. Uh, so head on over to chaseblissaudio.com and check out some pedals today. Next ad. Next uh, uh topic. This topic is we the go. Fender
0: Powercaster. Of course, it is. The, the only reality was, everyone was talking about three weeks ago. Finally, we're yeah, covering it's it. The
1: Powercaster pairs an atomic humbucking bridge pickup with a single coil soap bar neck pickup for edgy tone from another dimension.
0: Whoa, another dimension! <laughs> another dimension. Is another this dimension? The, is another this the guitar dimension? that
1: people were complaining that is just the GL Dohaney.
0: Is that a different? That's a different. No, one, that's right? this. That's this. The only, I mean, now we're recapping the Gear Slum from two weeks ago because that's what they were talking Do about. Do people listen to the show? Yeah, plenty like of people about, listen to it. Yeah, yeah. Hundreds. <laughs> Hundreds. That's significant. It is. It's a real podcast. They over should there. start hustling. They should hustle. They should get some, They're get mis- some cash are Misrepresenting our industry if they aren't hustling. That's all I'm saying. Um, Yeah, they were saying how everyone was talking about how it looks just like the the G and L. Mm. Is that G and L? Yeah. I'm I'm second guessing myself all of a sudden. And the only reason anyone's doing that is because it's surf green and it's got a humbucker in the bridge and a P90 in the neck. Like, that is not a legitimate. Oh, I thought it was
1: just because the Dohaney was like G and L's uh, take on. uh, It's not, though. It's not an offset. Like an offset. It's not.
0: It's more. It's like a Mustang, but that's not offset. This is like a Jazzmaster that is offset. Mm. Oh no! You know what?
1: It, Fender has like a hardtail, or not a hardtail? Has a Strat trim, Jag body, or Jazz body with inlays. That's what people are talking about. It's not this guitar. Oh, okay. Because the Doheny is uh do, is two of the same pickups.
0: Show me what you're talking about.
1: Ah, uh, now it's got a load. Oh,
0: whatever. Oh yeah, the hang Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Um, if anything, this is like maybe closer to the SC two. I forgot everything I was going to say about that because you, you just because it was dumb. wiped my head clean with this other direction. Uh, even then, it's not. What I do you think about really SC two? What do you think about this guitar, Steve? Like not comparing it to any other guitars. What do you think about it comparing uh, it to Fender itself? I don't know. I think this is a cool guitar. It's a cool enough guitar. Do you like the reshape of the body? The little extra hook on the lower horn there. I don't like. So here's what I don't like.
1: I don't like that the lower horn and the upper horn seem to come from two different design philosophies.
0: Mm, yeah,
1: That's, You feel like there should be a little bit more hook on the top. Yeah, I. I think if there was more, gosh, we, we got a fly got, in we the got room. Nats in here. Um, I think if there was more hook on the top or less hook on the bottom, like it would be fine. I think
0: that's where I'd like to go. I, I'd, I'd like less hook on the bottom, please. You're never going to kill that fly. I should go get my bug assault gun. It's not moving that
1: fast. I just happened to smash it in right into the center of my book. <laughs> it's know. a
0: wily little bastard.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't like the pit guard, but I don't know what I would do with a pit guard for this body because it's such a long
0: shape. I'm with you on the different design philosophies, top and bottom, with the pickguard. Where I like the top of the pickguard, I like the bottom of the pickguard. I don't like them together. Mm-hmm. There's this weird visual tension where the edge of the P90 meets the edge of the pickguard, and it just feels like it's going to cut it in half. Yeah, and it feels like it is like a line between two different guitars in that like intersecting moment. On the I also guard.
1: don't like how. Gosh, man.
0: What? Once you start looking at it, it starts to fall apart a little bit, right? I
1: don't like the th- – so I realize I'm trying to figure out exactly like what I don't like about the pit guard. And what I don't like about the pit guard is how the line from the control side of the pit guard does not – like does not align mm-hmm. with where it comes off of
0: mm-hmm. the
1: like the top of the of the humbucker. they
0: lined it up to meet with the edges of the humbucker ring but, but not, not, not to each follow, other not to follow the line that the pit guard sets out from point to curve and so i think if
1: they connected i it for what it's worth if they connected I still wouldn't like it. Sure. But once now you that notice I, that, you'll never unnotice I it. Once I realize it doesn't connect, like if you were to build this guitar, it's, it's like the whole thing, you know, it's the whole classic engineering of like, why do all engineers need to be like, all, like why do all people in a design project all need to work together and make sure everyone's using either English or using metric the entire time, not converting. Right. Right. This is that classic thing because I'm, you know, you're building a bridge from America, the real America, that's us, the USA, to Canada, a- a.k.a. America's Hat, um, and in Canada... They're using the or in America, we're using the American system of measurement because hello, America. And in Canada, they're using the metric system because they're socialists. Oh my okay? gosh. So you're following this, right? I didn't
0: know we were gonna get so political. And, and
1: so what what happens is the American side of the bridge is built properly and it's going across because it's using all American parts and it's using American measurements. Again, the American system of measurement where the mile is king. And uh, the Can- Canadians are using that socialist metric system, which just doesn't compare to the American system. Yeah. And the Americans are building their bridge straight, and it's perfect, and it's pure, and it's gleaming white. And it's full and, of freedom. And that Canadian bridge, when it meets the American bridge, it's it just – it's going to kind of miss a little. It's
0: going to miss a line because they're using that metric And the system. Canadians are going to be like, what's this all a boot? And everyone on the American side is going to be like, a boot? Well, what you know are you Canadians talking about? It, as soon as they see that it's not aligned, they're just going to start apologizing. <laughs> well, sorry. Sorry we... Didn't get
1: the bridge quite right here, Canadians. Aw, <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> uh, but no, no, you know. There, but the, have you ever heard that whole thing with engineering, where it's like, the, every, where there actually was like a bridge built at some point, where like one of the engineering teams did a conversion wrong, right, right, and like the bridge doesn't line up. Like that's what
0: this. That's what this took, took a long is. time to get to. That Steve. I just wanted to tell that bridge story in a way that was highly offensive. It wasn't even that offensive.
1: I mean, it would have been highly offensive like two years ago.
0: <laughs> no, it wouldn't. Three out. years ago, I don't know, man. I just, I don't. This guitar, I'm not as as fun as it kind of is, and as popular as this pickup loadout is these days. I like this pickup loadout. I I think the humbucker in the bridge and P90 in the neck. It's a is, so, it's a is, soap bar in the neck. Is a super practical pickup loadout that Wait, do you, is this can P- fit into tons of people's rigs. When Fender says soap bar, does that
1: mean P90? It's a P90. Okay. Cause I d- wasn't sure if soap bar meant, oh, it doesn't have the pickup. The pickup mount is in the, in the pickup. It doesn't have mounts. So it's not a jazz master pickup.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. Sorry. It was to- definitely not a jazz master pickup. Yeah, yeah. But this pickup combination is super practical. I've got it basically in my, uh, in my SG right now. Right. Right. You get the those quacky like single coil tones in the neck, which sounds so good, mm-hmm. and you get the high output modern sounds in the bridge, which is awesome, and it's just a beautiful combination. And the the P ninety has the output to match well with the humbucker. It's fantastic. Yeah, I'm I sure
1: this. I'm sure this guitar sounds great. Uh, it's. You know Fender USA, so I'm sure it plays great because they generally put out like especially yeah. for
0: their limited edition stuff they generally put out good guitars. I like the color on this model that like bright sea foam. I like uh, the black hardware against the white pick guard. Yeah, I just, I even like the roasted. Is that roasted maple neck?
1: Um, I think that's a pal fretboard okay. on roasted maple. I, I don't wa- know if it's roasted maple. I it's like,
0: like the look maple. of the darker neck. I just have misgivings about the body. I don't like how they changed the body and I'm not against them changing their body shape from a traditional jazz master or, or a Jaguar. I just don't like what they did here really. And it's not like my opinion, opinion matters. If you like this guitar, that's great. Go buy it. Go buy it. all of them. I don't care. I'm just saying for me. I feel like I'd rather not. Yeah, it's a Palferro fingerboard on roasted maple. This guitar's
1: actually only $900. Yeah, that's not bad. So um, I'm in which in that case probably means that I'm wrong about where it was made. It's probably maybe it's Mexican m- made in Mexico or out of this. Um, maybe even made uh, in China
0: out of this alternative reality line. I've got the picture right here. Which one would you choose for you? Like just gut reaction real quick. I think that's
1: uh, that's the sixty six,
0: the um, the bat the base body one. Yeah,
1: I think that's that was the one that definitely caught my eye the most. But the, honestly, like this, I could see I that's
0: got Steve written on it. I could see you playing the, that
1: if it wasn't for the couple of things I've noticed. with I think this, I would go for the twelve with the power caster uh, if it wasn't for the way that that pit guard. I mean, I, I could
0: maybe get over it. I do like that pickup line. I mean, none of it is like over the top offensive. <laughs> none of it is like disgusting, like puke in your mouth when you look at it or anything like that. Yeah. But there's just little things about it that I feel aren't, they are not endearing to me. I don't know. Right. Maybe I'll give it two decades and I'll be wishing I'd snatched one of these. But right now, I'm just not feeling it. Made in in Mexico.
1: I think it really is... $900 made in Mexico from an
0: alternate reality where graphic designers don't exist. (laughs) I think it really is like if you cover up one half the guitar, you're like, ah. You look at the other half of the guitar, you're like, yeah. Yeah. But then it's like two different guitar halves that got smashed together. No, that's
1: a perfect
0: description. I would totally play something that looks like the bottom half... uh, like carried through stylistically to the other side. And then the top half carried through stylistically to the other side. Um, But as they are right now, yeah, I'm just not feeling it. Should we, should we move on to the the next ad here? The next ad. Uh, Not waste too much much time. Sponsor
1: spot. This week's episode is also sponsored by sinusoid pro audio couture. Sinusoid has been a longtime sponsor of the show, and if you ever want to talk to them because you have an idea that maybe isn't covered on the website, that's great because they have an excellent custom shop that you can uh, get in touch with to pitch
0: your unique cable idea. Yep. I mean, when I first talked to them about this TechFlex, they didn't have it. Yeah. And I was like, hey, I found this TechFlex on the TechFlex website. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you guys get that? And they're like, yeah, that stuff looks cool. Let's get it. And now they've got it. And I like it on all my, all my cables. I love stripes. It's kind of my signature look now. So, yeah, talk to them. If there's something that you want to dream up, talk to them. Maybe they'll figure it out for
1: yeah, you. Sinusoid uh, Pro Audio Couture. Sinusoid.com. They make cables. And smiles. This week's episode is also brought to you by D'Addario XL Strings. Got right here a pack of EXL 110s. Uh, but they make all kinds of strings from the Pro Steels on the bright end to uh, the Chromes on the mellow end and everything in between. Uh, head on to the website down in the link in the show notes, also linked in the uh, podcast notes. Um, go check them out. They are strings manufactured in the United States and to- in New York. In New York, that's right, uh, to exceedingly high industry standard. Quality levels using top notch components. So it's a great string. They've been around freaking forever. Yeah. And that's for good reason.
0: You want to know if you're playing Didario's? Check, check your, your balls. Check your balls. I totally fumbled their name there. I'm sorry. Balls? All right.
1: This next ad was sent in by Tim Cordenfield. It's a Dixon EP20 Flange vintage and a Logue. Uh, this was
0: one this one's a bit of a mystery. I mean, we've had a spooky ad, now we're gonna have a mystery ad. Mm. Like Minton
1: Box, save your money. This is fifty-one dollars and sixty-four cents plus twenty-six dollars and thirty-eight cents shipping. The reason those numbers are weird is because it is in America's
0: hat. Uh-oh. Canada. Uh-oh, Canada. <laughs> Uh-oh, Canada. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Good job, Ryan. (laughs) Uh, I didn't even mean to do it. So we've been staring at this for a while because Uh this looks like a part-for-part copy
0: of a uh, Boss BF2. I'm pulling up uh, Boss Flanger images right now. Or Flanges. Flanges. Um, And you're right, BF2. All we
1: were able to find is that there are... Same exact control... Layout manual depth rate res right. Um, all we are able to find is that there are actually a bunch of companies. Dixon is one of them that make these um
0: boss copies. Um, here's the thing, though i've I've heard tell, I've heard whispers heard around heard the whispers. campfires. Okay, I've heard I've heard rumors in the halls of the laid ca- on me cathedral that during like the eighties boss was distributing pedals in South America under different names. Oh. And I vaguely remember that Dixon was one of them. I think it might be a proper boss pedal with a different name on it because the D I mean, it's even got this, the eighties silver screw on yeah, it, but the
1: checklight's in a different place.
0: I mean, they changed, you know, the rubber pad on it and they changed the knobs how hard would it be for them to drill a different hole for the check light? Because it looks, yeah, it probably wouldn't be that hard. It looks so close. Yeah. And boss, the boss box is at least now like pretty unique. I mean, even when you look at the bottom, you look at the edges and how (laughs) everything lines up. Like I have a feeling if I held this in my hand and you, and I had my eyes closed, I'd be like, Oh, this is a boss pedal. Right. Like there's just little details when you've seen them your whole life. like, it, there's just something about it. I mean, obviously, it has some different parts on it, mm-hmm. but I I really feel like this is one of those brands that Boss was distributing under a different name. I mean, that could all just be a a, a rumor, a myth. It could all just be you know an old wives' tale or an urban legend.
1: So what we're actually saying right now is we have
0: no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well but i bet it. someone who's listening or watching right now does know
1: yeah is is if you actually know if you the have answer information
0: this, regarding um, the dixon pedal right into unsolved mysteries right now <laughs> p.o box <laughs> is
1: that the one with john walsh i don't remember Was that the other guy john walsh was america was he america's most oh
0: america's most wanted yeah I miss uh, Unsolved Mysteries. If it came up on Netflix, there's no way I'd play it in my house. I'm not going to let my kid be terrified by that. Yeah, that jeez, crazy. I still haven't
1: gone back and watched The X-Files, man. I was scared of that show when I was a kid. You watch it with the lights on?
0: No. <laughs> with Don <Lamaze> on? Yeah. <laughs> How many 90s songs are we going to reference in this episode?
1: All of them! <laughs> All the
0: 90s songs. <laughs> okay. So let's rewind a little bit here. Yeah. Say this is a secret boss pedal. Okay. 51.64 plus, oh, because it's Canada, $30 uh-huh. shipping. Sure. we we'll call it 80 bucks. Do you buy it? It's an $80. Uh If I knew this was a secret boss pedal,
1: and because it's a secret boss pedal, it had greater value than that, maybe. But... You think there.
0: if this is a secret boss pedal, you'll there will ever be collector's value? in these secret boss. Oh, I think there definitely would be.
1: I think, um, I think if, if it was a s- secret or like some kind of open secret, but there was like limited numbers of them, I think they would definitely become collectible.
0: So why aren't they? Why, why isn't there more information on these? Because why maybe were, your
1: information's wrong.
0: When we did a search, nothing came up. Like no one knows anything about them, but then I definitely heard these rumors before. Like you think there'd be something out there. I wonder how many of these were sold wherever they were sold. I don't know. Like,
1: and the thing is, is they were put out by on like a bunch, at least like five or six different brand names. I don't know.
0: I always assumed it was under one. No, that's and what, I, I, when that's I saw saying, this. So I was like, oh, so this is the one.
1: When I looked up like Dixon pedals on the effects database, uh huh, um, it listed like. Five or six other like associated brands, and when you look at those, they're all in the same kind of box with like slight variations to the hmm. rubber pad, maybe some slight variation to the overall graphic design, but basically a boss case, uh, with the with
0: like a cheap version of the boss knob. That's very interesting. Well, I hope you guys can help us solve yeah. this mystery once and for drop, all. Uh, drop us an email. Should we do, if we find out and it's interesting, should we do a follow-up to this? Yeah, I think maybe that would be cool. Maybe we can get together a bunch of information and do a proper, like, little presentation Yeah, about maybe it. not that. Maybe Steve can come over on his lunch break and waste a lunch break recording some sort of factual little piece. I've done worse things on my lunch break. That's for sure. Like eating lunch. <laughs> <laughs> What's the next
1: topic? It's, it's that hype topic. Yeah. The next topic, a set of topics was sent in by Tyson Brown. And he wants to know what's the hype. He's got four different hype questions here. We'll start with the first one.
0: What's the hype with pedals? That's not the first oh, one. Oh, no. There it is. What's the hype with offsets? What is the hype with offsets, Steve? It seems like everything these days is offsets. They're everywhere. There's groups about them. It's all anybody talks about. Everyone's anymore. like,
1: you got to get offset.
0: Yeah. That's a podcast. Where do you get offset? Yeah. Uh, I mean, how far back do we want to go? Um, well, boys and girls, when did the hype start? Do we consider, are, are 19, we in
1: uh, the hype started in 1958 with the creation of the jazz master? And then the hype like quickly ran out very fast. Like, cause no one wanted it. Yeah. And then the hype came back in the mid early, mid nineties, early nineties to, to grunge music.
0: Well, I don't know, kind of early nineties, late eighties, depending on who you ask. Who was using them in the late '80s, like, like the Smiths, like Sonic I guess Youth, like and the Smiths, Smith Sonic that. Youth? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, before before it was grunge, when it was just like underground stuff, right? When you it know. was more, yeah, yeah. When but that whole, like that whole that whole way was rock stuff. probably the first rebirth of hype for these offset things. Yeah. I mean, because Jazzmasters and Jaguars and Mustangs and Duo Sonics were all just seen as like discarded like garbage garbage that no one wanted like Get that crap i mean out basically of basically fender put out these offset guitars yeah surf was going on uh-huh. they were relatively popular for people who could afford them they were supposed to be at least the jaguars and Jazzmasters were supposed to be the higher end version of right. Fender's guitars then the mustang and duosonic were kind of student models they were student models and then uh hendrix comes along and everyone just wants strats And everyone else just wants Telecasters Mm -hmm. for their country bands and and whatnot. Because surf music sucks. And all the offset stuff just kind of got pushed to the wayside and they were cutting up bodies and turning them into funky, like psychedelic looking things with the music landers and whatnot because they couldn't sell Mustangs anymore. Uh, (laughs) So then, yeah, grunge and stuff comes along. All I mean, sudden,
1: it, it was popular enough that Fender
0: created the Squire Vista line. Exactly. They, they put, came out with new lines of offsetty sort of stuff in the 90s. Uh, everyone thought, like, this is so awful. Now I can't go to a pawn shop and buy Jazzmasters for $200 anymore surely they will never get this expensive again and they just keep getting more and more expensive yeah. enter into the two thousands the 20 teens where we are now. And it seems like they just keep getting more and more popular to the point where like, it feels like fender offset style guitars have overshadowed the Stratocaster and nearly the Telecaster at this point mm-hmm. in, in popularity of shape. It's, it's completely crazy. And like, if you had well, told people that in the 80s they would have just shook their head at you like you were an insane right. person. Right. I think there are a lot of
1: bands now that are creating like very 60s inspired jangly sure uh guitar really like maybe synth heavy so so like the synth synthesizers driving like the heaviness heavy do, like doing the heavy lifting in like the rhythm section of a song. So uh people are wanting more guitars that are like kind of jangly and they and also like that jangle sound does lend it lend itself to like some weird well, the
0: jangle things comes with, from the hardware. Right. Like the shape of the guitar has nothing to do with it. Which is something sure. that, that cracks me up all the time when there's like offset guitar groups. It's like you're just you're just into the shape because like I can show you BC Riches that are offsets. Right. But and I mean obviously like there's
1: a whole there's a whole um, mythology that goes along with it, sure. Like, if yeah, you could take a freaking BC Rich Warlock and route it for a, a Jazzmaster trim. I'd love to and drop a couple so uh, like Jazzmaster pickups in it, and technically it should sound just like a Jazzmaster, but it's a BC Rich, right? Like, that's the whole thing where people are say, saying Fender did a reissue of of um, the. Actually, I think it was also the Jazzmaster. Um, a few years ago, uh, they did a model that had a three-way switch, no t- no tone circuit, and people were like, "If there's no
0: tone circuit, like,
1: right? What like is that even like? Can you even call it? Was it a Jazzmaster or Jaguar? You I
0: remember? was looking at the uh, I was I know what you're talking about. I forget which one it was exactly, but I was looking at the newer Mustangs, the one in the penny finish, the copper penny, yeah. And it has a three-way switch instead of having the individual sliders that can go to Right. Is it even phase. a Mustang? It's, if it's like, a- yeah, I want that. But I kind of want like to be able to do the Mustang phase sounds, even though I'm never actually probably going to use those right. in real life. Right. If it has a three-way switch,
1: isn't it just a Telecaster?
0: <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah, like an SG. Isn't that just an SG if it has an, a three-way switch? Yeah. <laughs> no, because it
1: needs a volume-volume tone tone. Oh, okay. Unless it was an SG Junior. Yeah,
0: there you go. Mm.
1: That's what it is. But SG got... Junior only has one pickup.
0: <laughs> the tuners are all wrong, too. It's got three on one side <laughs> and three on the other. Yeah, ah, we got this all wrong. We don't know guitars at all. <laughs> There's, there will be a number of people who will not dispute that statement. <laughs> at least, like, 10% of the people who comment on YouTube. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I I don't – so I don't know what drives the hype. It's just a popular guitar. I think it's a cool look. I think people like the look of these Fender Offset sorts of things. I think it's a fluid look. It's got nice lines to it. It doesn't look like old or kind of like dusty at the moment. Like you – I I feel like I look at a Strat right now and I'm just like, blech. I think uh, the it's 90s and the yeah, 80s. I think
1: it's also like a classy design because it's similar enough to a Strat or a Telecaster. Like it's it's very clearly, I think, from the same right, the same like Southern family. California design
0: aesthetic. Um,
1: but but I think offset guitars in general are still relegated um, to to underground, like to to the extent that like I mean. Who is? Who would you say is the most famous? We still have
0: three other questions. Yeah, to answer from this line. Who would
1: you say is the most famous guitar player to play an offset guitar?
0: The most famous. The most famous. Well, that probably be Kurt Cobain. I mean, fame. If we're just going off of fame. Well,
1: I'm saying. So I guess what I'm saying is, is
0: when I think of. If you do it by so the trying, numbers, to, it's probably someone modern. If Taylor Swift has ever picked up an but, offset. I was
1: going to say Taylor Swift. So there was a thing a, a few years ago where Taylor Swift was playing the Johnny Marr right. jazz That's master. just because
0: there's more people alive now. <laughs>
1: but, but no. So I mean, but even Kurt Cobain is a perfect example because Kurt Cobain is um, – and the thing is, is we're struggling to come up – and some, some jaghole who's listening to this will be like, you just said Johnny Marr, idiot. He has his own signature
0: model. Um, but yeah, it's like we're kind of struggling to come up with this, right? I mean, like, if you asked us who our favorite was, we'd come up with all sorts of exotic answers, you know? I'd be I like, mean, oh, maybe. Nookie Edwards. Oh, you know?
1: uh, maybe uh, like Elvis Costello. So we've come up with three names, like yeah. four names, Elvis Costello, Kurt Cobain, uh, Johnny Marr, and Taylor Swift, who doesn't really count. Like not because – because like Taylor Swift played it for one show, not because Taylor Swift is a count. Taylor Swift, you're a wonderful person. I maybe I don't know. You're probably horrible like everyone, but whatever. Hi Taylor. Um, if I asked the same question for Strat, we could talk about that. For everyone's played a Strat, yeah. Like my first thought for Strat was like, oh, John Mayer. So there's your I'm like, point
0: that it still feels like you can be different by playing an offset? Yeah, that okay.
1: offset is still an underground instrument, even though like it's very popular right. and there's tons of modern bands. Uh, if you go to someone, I saw, saw someone say recently that they went to a music festival and like 90% of the bands at that music festival had offsets. Like yeah. they're, people they're in,
0: dominant. I mean, people in metal bands are playing offsets yeah. now. Yeah.
1: But I think the fact that you can't, like you, you struggle to identify an a iconic player with the instrument Lends that like underground because yeah, there's all these bands doing, it, but all these bands are also kind of underground. They've just underground. become
0: kind of modding platforms where it's like, it's, it looks cool. And the body style is very ergonomic and comfortable. Like you can't say that it's not, it just is right. It was designed to be, um, it hangs off your body. Very nice. But people these days are just loading them out every way that they want to. You can probably find an offset with a Floyd Rose and EMGs in it right now, like right. without searching too hard. <laughs> you can find, uh, I mean, the big thing for a while was offsets with Telecaster loadouts. Yeah. You know, like blending Telecaster the, the, pickups. into the Telemaster. Yeah, into an offset body. So much so that Fender has put out their own versions of it now. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, people like it. That's why. That's mm-hmm. why there's hype. All right, Ryan. And people, are, you know, people, they they sell them. That's why there's more of them being made. What's the hype with pedals? Uh, pedals are affordable, and they make you sound different, and, uh, you know, it's it's fun to mess around with them. And there's a lot of them. And there's a lot of them. There
1: are nine on this table, and I would say none of them are particularly conventional. <laughs>
0: There are a lot of pedals in this the, room right now. I would say like the Rev is
1: maybe the most conventional. No, the D oh, twenty is. probably...
0: Do you think the tremolo is? <laughs> it's the, a harmonic the tremolos. Tremolos. Yeah, right, oh, anyway. I guess you're right. Uh, you're right. But like
1: we could argue over what's the most conventional, on, and the problem is is none of them are particularly conventional. You
0: could buy a pedal every day for the rest of your life, and you would never try them all. Yeah, it is ridiculous right now. So why are there? Why is there so much hype to support this? It, I I mean. I th- what I was getting at starting out is just like I feel personally. I buy my rig two to three hundred dollars at a time. Like people ask, like, why do you have so many three hundred dollar, two hundred fifty dollar guitars? Because like when I shop for gear, it's because that's how much money I have, <laughs> <laughs> and pedals land in that territory, yeah. perfectly. What? It's for the person who's like, I'm gear hungry. I've got an itch. This is how much money I have. And I don't have any more than that. Yeah. I think
1: going back to the idea of pedals being an easy way to change your sound, um, is also like a, a huge factor here because, because of that. And because, you know, at the end of the day, um, I think creatives, uh, have a tendency to find something that works for them, that they build a bond with and like, Shout it from the mountaintops got to shout it from the mountaintops. So if you've been on a tremolo search and you finally, you know, you pick up the walrus audio monument and it solves all of your tremolo search problems. Now, anytime anyone says like, Hey, what pedal have you been using recently that that you love? You're going to say, Hey, this thing. Yeah. Oh, what, what pedal did it take you a long time to find? You're going to, you know, you're going to say this thing. Uh, You know, what's your favorite pedal? Like, whatever. All these different questions. Uh, What, you know, what's the best tram? All this, like, you know, you're going to go answer all of these questions in all these different places with the same answer. They're fun to talk
0: about. They're fun to collect. They're like baseball cards. They're pretty. You can trade them with your friends.
1: Yeah. They're like baseball cards. You can buy the components for, like, a dollar for, like, 20 components, but...
0: You know, if you How want much it, does it cost to make a baseball card? You're not sitting at if home you making want, your own baseball cards. If you want cards. the complete
1: set of baseball cards, you gotta pony up. Yeah,
0: pony up. Go get that vintage baseball do that, card. Do that work. There should be baseball card packs with pedals on them for for guitarists. That feels
1: like a very Earthquaker thing to do. They already have you looked at Earthquaker. You know who should do you that? You know Earthquaker's done that with their team. Like they're um, they're like employee list on their website it's all baseball cards. oh really yeah
0: but you know who should who should legitimately do that animals um, pedal no um effects database
1: oh they should just turn it all into baseball cards? they
0: should make a baseball card deck i would i buy a couple of them I feel like that would, uh yeah i don't i don't think they have the budget to do something like that maybe you know, they do you know who could do I it? Just, they're so efficient over there I have trouble imagining them doing something frivolous like that right I'm trying to think who I'm trying to think how you but they do definitely it. have the database
1: like, like Boss and Ibanez could could put
0: out their own but I wanted to be someone sets. independent that would cover like all the brands right you know mm. I feel like Josh Scott would do a very good job of it yeah hey Ryan yes what's the hype
1: with metal zones
0: <laughs> The hype with metal zones. There's four of these questions. We're almost to the end. Uh, the hype with metal zones is that I've said this over and over again about this and the DS1 and a few other pedals. It's the pedal that everyone gets pressured into buying by the sales staff at their local guitar shop when they buy their first guitar and amp. And the uh, the salesperson is like, well, you want to sound like this band owns. You want to sound like Metallica. You want to sound like Nirvana. You want to sound like uh you know like whatever like heavy band you're into slipknot i don't know (laughs) this will do it for you here kid everyone wants a metal zone and everyone just buys it because it sounds like the most extreme like over the top crushing tone you've ever heard in your life and you want to shoot lightning out of your fingertips when you buy your first electric guitar so it's a no-brainer and then as soon as like you kind of become more nuanced as a player and you figure out how tone actually works for your playing and you figure out the style that you actually play in, unless it's over the top heavy metal, you're probably not into the metal zone anymore. And you come to resent the money that you spent on it. Right. And everyone, the vast majority of people out there who bought metal zones for the first time in their playing career learns to like, hate them eventually. And it just becomes an inside joke, even though they are, what they are for the people who need them. Like okay. they're a good pedal for the people who need them. Right. So that's the hype behind metal zones. Well, what's the hype behind KitchenAid mixers? The hype became, behind why are they so expensive? I don't know why they're so expensive. Probably because they're a big chunk of metal with big, heavy gears in there. Um, I've never Aren't bought they like indestructible. Them. Probably. I mean, it's like industrial equipment. Do you guys not have one? We have one, but I didn't buy it. I got it as a hand-me-down for my grandma. I- are they that's like, what I'm saying? They're like indestructible. They're like three or four hundred bucks, right? For the mixer? S- I think
1: three hundred sounds right. And I feel I know like ten years ago, um Costco had them for like a significant discount. Yeah. And, like, all of our friends freaked out. And we're like, go to Costco and buy it. I'm like, and I looked at it. I was like, where am I even
0: supposed to put this? Yeah. I took it from my grandma because she was talking about getting rid of it. And I was like, well, I I don't have one. Everyone else has one. And I'd like to get some attachments. I will say I like the attachments. I've got an ice cream mixer attachment that I do use. I've got a sausage maker, maker attachment that I what? do use. I never so If you ever want to see how the sausage is made. I'll show you how the sausage is made. I make pretty good breakfast sausage. I don't do casings. I just do like the, the ground pork. And right. it's pretty good. I like it a lot. Um I'll say that I never use it as the actual stand mixer. It okay. just sits on my countertop, never getting used, and I think that's how it ends up for most people. Right. I know my family uses theirs a lot for like baking and mixing and stuff, but I prefer a hand mixer. Right. So I don't know what the I hype is. I don't bake, so sucker. I don't know what the hype is with kitchen mixers. With kitchen aid mixers. For some reason, we've all been duped into thinking that you have to have one on your countertop. I think I could do most of the things I do that you would do with a kitchen aid mixer with a hand mixer. And I could well, buy I, standalone like machines for the sausage making and the ice cream making.
1: I think there is um some mixing that it requires like to be like things that have to be mixed slowly for extended periods of time. And that's sure. really where like the KitchenAid mixers excel. Like things that yeah. are like, that dough are, like and really stuff. thick too.
0: I don't do like a lot of, I don't do breads and stuff like that. Yeah. Bread people like them. But if I'm mixing up a tray of brownies, like I could do that with a spoon. I don't need a mixer. Yeah. I can make we, cookies. we do I can that, do that like, with a hand stuff mixer. Like that. Yeah. Even whipped cream, I can do that with a hand mixer so fast. I don't know. I'm sure people there get good use whip, out of their kitchen aid. I think mixers. We did whipped cream with like just a standard mixer. Blend, I can make whipped cream in my, cream. my mouth. Just put the cream in there, I'll whip it for you, and I'll spit it out onto your pie. That's just disgusting. Like, All right, yeah. uh, this last ad was sent in by
1: Callum McMorin. It's an electric guitar in Nottingham, England. And like many of the things you would associate with Nottingham, this guitar does look like it is trying to steal from you. What's uh, your
0: favorite Robin Hood movie, Steve?
1: Um Men
0: in Tights. I think I my favorite Robin Hood movie is The Princess Bride. <laughs> I think the Disney cartoon one. Oh, the Disney cartoon. is dude. like I feel like the the music is so good in it.
1: Um the
0: uh last song, even though it probably inspired like 80% of what has become furries. Like, <laughs> I, like um, I
1: like that version of it. Um, when, when Melissa and I saw, um, um, Matt Thiessen a few weeks ago, the last song he did was basically, um, a riff on that turns into a full cover of, um, roger miller's uh Odali. mm, it was
0: really cool great uh, soundtrack in that movie yeah
1: yeah um anyway uh <laughs> yeah that's a good call i think i will you know i don't honestly i said men because i feel like that's the answer to give i don't know if there's really been a good robin hood i think that I, I shouldn't say because the disney one i think is is good I don't know. I think it's a
0: good movie. It's probably not a good Robin Hood movie.
1: Right? Men um, in Tights is funny, but I don't know if it holds up. Most Millbrook stuff, I, I actually, I do think most Millbrook st- stuff does hold up to rewatch. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, um, I have not watched the Kevin Costner one since like 1994. It's... And I have not seen any
0: of the ones that I have heard come like out the, in the last five years. The newest one that came out was garbage. I haven't it seen it. It looked weird. It sounded like they tried to like was really on. like modernize it somehow. Yeah. It was odd. I don't know. I didn't watch it. Anyways, let's talk about this guitar. Really, if you were
1: to make a movie in about Robin Hood, you should just call it
0: Libertarians. Because all taxation is theft. I don't think Robin Hood was saying that all taxation was theft. I think he was just saying that this was particular th- taxation is theft is what Robin Hood would say. Okay. But not also, he's like
1: not really libertarian,
0: but then like once he overthrows, uh, you know, this, uh, this unjust government, he would become the government and he would set up his own taxation and be like, now that, this is just tax taxation. This taxation is, this taxation is just theft. taxation. So this is just a Gibson guitar. Uh, it is. You really think a guy who runs around the forest shooting people with arrows and taking their money is going to set up a better form of government? I don't think so. He's going to be just as bad as the old boss. I mean, the original British government was established through pulling a sword out of a lake. That's no way to establish government. (laughs) Watery tarts (laughs) distributing swords. (laughs) I didn't vote for you. (laughs) (laughs)
1: okay that that movie holds up that's my that's my new favorite Robin Hood movie it holds up
0: (laughs) okay now the guitar I don't know what to say about this guitar. It says it's a Gibson. It's on the headstock, but it sure don't look like it. It's it's not
1: a Gibson headstock shape. It's not anything. It says, besides saying Gibson and Les Paul Custom, that's where the things this has in common with the that Les Paul. That might be a head.
0: Les Paul Custom uh, uh, truss rod cover.
1: That is a Gibson. I don't think it, I mean, I don't even think it's that. I think this is
0: all fake. This is clear. Like this is the most fake looking Gibson we've seen so far. But that we, still is like a less bullshit.
1: But shape. we really wanted to point out here is what is going on with
0: the bridge, what in the and world tailpiece? <laughs> whoever, whoever put this together like didn't know what a Gibson looks like to the point that they didn't know how to install the hardware. The thimbles that hold in the the stop tail are way wonky. Like they're I don't, how do you, how would you even describe what's going on here?
1: I think I think they somehow there's no, I don't understand. You're right. I do not understand how those threads are that
0: long. Well, some of the, some you know those threads can be pretty long in certain guitars. I don't think I have any around that you can grab. Ah. Um Actually, there might be some in a red cup on the workbench ah, from going, the from gonna, the SL.
1: I'm not going to deal with that.
0: Um. So you've got the the thimble top where the where the bridge usually rests inside of it. Yeah. Instead of resting inside of there, the bridge is below that pressing against the thread. So the full thimble top is above the stop tail. Yeah. Now on the bridge also in this shot, the posts that the bridge are supposed to rest on top of are also screwed down on top of the bridge. So you have four big metal posts sticking out of the bridge and the, uh, the stop tail. And it means that the bridge is completely bottomed out on the body of the guitar. There's no way these strings are clearing the neck frets at all, let alone the pickups. I would not be surprised if the strings are resting on the pickups right now. (laughs) (laughs) This is a disaster. Uh, the neck, the, the guitar is a bolt-on neck. The whole thing just falls apart every moment that you look at it. We don't have a full shot of the front of the body. We don't, but that's okay. That's okay. We, we don't need
1: it. it. This is just a hot mess. I think that, that bridge might just be sitting
0: there. It might not even be, like, fixed. It might be no, just fixed those, by the string. Those posts have to be, and they're just deep enough to be holding it in place. Oh, okay there's no way it's just sitting there cuz the the whole thing would fall over. There's no way they would be like yeah this is right. Yeah. For 182 pounds? I think that symbol means? Yes. That's actually pretty expensive. Yeah.
1: It's like 250 If I saw this More in person
0: that? in a pawn shop or on Craigslist or something like that, I'd I'd be like uh $40? <laughs> I would just laugh. I'd be like Yeah. Well oh, I'm not saying I'm gonna buy it, I'm saying that's what I think someone should pay for it if they are yeah. curious. And that's just to harvest these poor parts and liberate them from this disaster. <laughs> <laughs> those the tuners actually look interesting to me. I you can only see the, the the end pegs on them, but they have kind of pretty like perloid like pegs. Yeah. I wonder if those tuners are worth salvaging. Probably not probably nothing on the guitar is worth anything. So don't, don't buy it is what I'm saying. Yeah. You want to get us out of here with the song? Yeah, I think we're we go to done. Bed.
1: Uh, if anyone wants to learn more about supporting the show, you can head to patreoncom slash 60 cycle hum cast and, uh, check out the, check out the list. We're marching to 100. We have 35 pledges to go. Is that go a joke To get to Um, no, but that's actually pretty good. I wish it was, <laughs> uh, This week's song was sent by Kyle uh, Viana. He says, love the show. Just want to submit a song for my band's upcoming album. The song is called Came For One. The band is called Hurry Home. Uh, Guitars used on this recording are Gibson Les Paul Special, Fender Telecaster, and a five-string Warwick Thumb. The lead bits between verses are the Les Paul into a Wampler Euphoria, into a TC Spark Boost, to a modded PV 6505 Plus combo. We had a friend add violin. Uh, a violin part to the bridge, which was a first for us and turned out really cool. So again, this is uh, Came for One by Hurry Home. I hope you guys enjoy it. Bye, everybody. Stay grounded.